All right, this week I want to talk about viewing your world through a new lens. We probably have ran into stuff over and over again. Can't wonder, we wonder why we can't seem to get past something. Maybe our, we always keep reinviting a certain circumstance into our life. Maybe it's you're divorced and you're, you're, you keep attracting the type of woman you don't want in your life. One that's a drama queen, things like that. Or maybe you are, your friends keep walking over you, keep changing, keep, uh, using you as a doormat and things like that. Maybe your son's just not paying attention, uh, to the things you deem to be important. And so they are, are always getting themselves into trouble in your eyes. I want to change how you, how you're viewing that, how you're changing. I want to change how the type of lens you're looking at life through. And so we're going to talk about that in this episode, 133 of the relaxed mail. This is the relaxed mail, a show that comes to you each week, helping men to remove the nice guy from their life so they can actually live their life on their terms. Join the host certified coach, Brian Goodwin, as he helps men step out of their heads and become free from the thoughts that bind them. Hey, welcome to Relaxed Mail. All right, so this week talking about viewing the world through a different lens, changing how you view the world. And But before we do that, I want to just kind of introduce myself that I'm Brian Goodwin. I'm a certified life coach, and I help men to rid themselves of the nice guy in the world. I help these men to... Stop please trying to pe- please people. If I can say the word please properly, there's a lot of peas in there <laughs> and they, and help them to become their own man, help them to live their life on their terms on for their purpose, live their life for them. Because if they are able to do that, they have a better life. Men who live their life on their terms, stop sacrificing themselves for the sake of others has a better life. And it's not that you are going your own way. It's not the whole MGTOW thing. It's not the red pill thing. It is you being able to change how you view the world. And that's kind of what we want to, what we're talking about this week, helping men to stop being that nice guy. This show is to help men to start living their life, doing what they feel they need to do for themselves. And when you do that, you start making your life a lot better. And the wife starts all of a sudden finding you a lot more attractive. The kids start looking to you more for advice and for insight. And your community starts seeing you as the leader as you start stepping forward. Because living a life of an interdependent person doesn't work. It, it You are looking to everybody else for your validation when they can't give you that. That has to be something you find for yourself in yourself. And so... That's why being a people pleaser, being that nice guy often ends in just sheer, just not regret, but in resentment and to have to go through life, resenting everybody with holding a grudge doesn't help you, doesn't help your family, doesn't help anybody and want to be able to help change that in the way men view their life, because we need the men to step up and be masculine men and and you you're not a masculine man if you're a people pleaser you're not a masculine man if you are a nice guy and that is kind of where we want to talk about on this week is viewing how changing how you view the world 
Now, it's not something that's easy. You can't just go, all right, well, I'm going to start viewing my life this way, and it's going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy. No, it is actually going to be a lot. It's a lot more challenging than that because you've heard me mention it before. There's several parts of your brain. There's the prefrontal cortex. That's the thinking part. You've got your amygdala, which is your your reptile part of the brain. But you also have this habit center. I think it's called the hippocampus. And I believe that's what it is. And it is where your brain likes to do things as easy as possible. It knows that it is the highest energy consumer in the body. And so, and it's very aware of that. And so it tries to make sure that it burns as few calories as possible, because if it burns too many calories, you don't get any more food, you're going to die. You know, it's, it's, it thinks on that level, if you don't get any food and I use up too much energy, you're going to die. And so we don't want you to die. We don't want you dead. We want you to be able to have a wonderful, incredible life. And the only way you're going to be able to do that, though, is you're going to have to work that brain a little bit more. And it's going to do stuff and it's going to be scary to try to get you to stay in the in the non-thinking part of the brain, in that part that is where the habit center of your brain. So you're always going to be falling back onto taking off the the better prescription of lenses and putting on a the old form because it was comfortable there it knew how to kind of survive being just okay playing small because if you try something bigger and try changing stuff up and you and people start noticing well your brain's going to start worrying oh people are noticing that you're not acting like you were they're going to not like it and they're going to get real scared of the fact that you're a different uh, different person and so they're going to kick you out of the 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 village and if you kick yourself you get kicked out of the village then you're going to die see again we all your brain is a don't be dead device it doesn't want you to be dead so it wants to keep you alive so it tries to it wants to make sure that it you play things safe yet being safe you're not going to grow so with all that, we have a, we want to, we keep, uh, keep ourselves living in a form of, of viewing the world and viewing our circumstances in a way that keeps us playing small. So a lot of times you keep, you see yourself, as I said in the introduction, you find yourself, if you're out in the dating field, you find yourself dating the same type of people over and over and you know how it's going to end. It's drama queen. Life is always falling apart. There's always an emergency for you that they need you to come and rescue. And they, they're always, there's always something going on. There's always this drama. So and so's being a, being a, a horrible person and, and they come running to you. And it sounds really good that they want you in that way that you can come in. You can be the knight in shining armor. But the problem that you find is when you ran, rescue the damsel in distress, you actually just get a distressed damsel. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't help you become a better person. You don't get a higher quality woman because you're rescue out rescuing her every other weekend because she's went out and got drunk and is in trouble. In the same instance is, you know, you've told your child, your son, say, I'm always going to, I'm here for you. If you ever have a problem, come see me. Yet whenever you, he shows up with like a D in algebra. Or D in, in U.S. history, what do you do? Oh my God. And you start blowing up. You start blowing up and you just start yelling and screaming. And you ground him from everything that he's had from the time he is born until he's going to be 30 and he's grounded from it for the rest of his life. And you just keep piling punishments upon punishments because how could he 
possibly go off and get a D because you got to have a, you can't have a D in U.S. history because God knows when you never know when you might need U.S. history information, you know? And so you really just lay it on really hard, heavy, thick. You're yet ranting and raving. You're lecturing. You've got the best hellfire and brimstone speech ever laid out and you've given it to him. You've given him the come to Jesus moment and everything else. You've thrown everything you had and all your experiences, including the kitchen sink at him simply because he's got a D in us history. Now I'm not saying history is not important. History is very important, but history in high school, really? History in junior high? Really? But then when your son finds himself in real trouble or has a real question that he wants to come, needs an adult to come talk to about, what's he doing? He's not coming to you because something that was as inconsequential as U.S. history grade showed you that he can't, you can't, your son's not able to come to you for anything. Because you can't handle it. You're going to blow up. You're going to ground him from everything. So if he wound up and accidentally put a dent in the fender or in the bumper of your of your old pickup, he's going to look to somebody else for, for help. He's going to, well, how do I get that fixed? How do I get that taken out? See if he can find ways around it, which may be even more sketchier than, what, than any other way because he may be going down to the end of the block talking to the, you know, the, the, guy who's a, you think is kind of you know kind of sketchy himself why is he doing that because of how you're viewing the world why is it important that he get that history grade up why is it really important not the answer that you tell yourself because he needs it so he can get into high school or get into college no really why actually ask yourself why and if you are honest with yourself you can say because if he doesn't get good grades, what's the teacher going to think of me? How is my son's grades going to reflect on me? How is my son peeling out in the at in the driveway going to reflect upon me? How is my yard not being mowed going to reflect upon me? How are the neighbors going to think of me if my son has 37 friends out in the front yard and they're, all, they're being loud and, and jokey. How is that going to reflect upon? Again, that's that whole nice guy thing. And got a really good example of, of looking at the world through a different colored, different set of lenses. Uh, this weekend, I went to, went over to Amarillo. And while in Amarillo, we decided to go ahead and bring a friend of ours along because she was going to, end, she's having, uh, having surgery, uh, here in, uh, here in a month or two. And so our friend love her dearly, but she has, she is a half glass empty is empty kind of person. It is the worst case scenario. When you throw something in her way or something happens, it is the worst case scenario, you know? You know, got a pain in your foot. Oh my gosh, it's going to be cancer. She looks it up. The first thing she sees, you know, you never look up diagnoses and on the internet. The worst thing is going to happen is some type of cancer and it's a deadly cancer and it's a rare, ultra rare cancer. It's it. These types of things are what she ends up feeding on and she just gets herself worked up. It's drama, 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 drama. And she's one, a, a great example of, you know, you point a finger, there's three more pointed back at you. 
uh, analogy because, you know, the worst thing that happens or she talks about another friend who's going out on dates strictly for, you know, X, Y, and or Z and turns around and we kind of see the same, <laughs> see the same things happening in, in our friend's life. And so we brought her with us to, to Amarillo to get her mind off of the horrible things that are going to happen to her while she's getting surgery. I sadly tried to brace myself for the the negativity. I didn't, but I didn't coach myself enough on what was going to happen and how I probably really should have acted. And because of that, I ended up allowing a lot of her negativity to creep in. And it started really wearing on me to where I started starting to become rude back to her. And that evening after Afterwards, I mean, my wife kind of was like, you're, you're kind of being an ass, man. It's, you know, really kind of popped me upside the head like I needed to be and told me, you know, you're kind of, kind of being extra rude and thought about it for a while and agreed. And so the following morning, I went ahead and I apologized to her. And, but what I'd come to realize is that I had handed, I had dropped into emotional childhood, which if you're not familiar with that, Basically, it means I have taken my all the, my emotional controls and handed it to somebody else. I have given a, abdicated my responsibility and my control of my emotions to somebody else. Yeah, it's technically it's impossible for anybody else to make me feel something, but I allowed the thoughts of, and that's what the pro- problem was. I allowed the thoughts of her thoughts to really affect me. And that and that's where I started really to to fold down and really just take responsibility for my actions and why I went ahead and apologized to her because she's just being herself. She's being herself. I know ding good and well she's not going to see everything as sunshine and sunshine rainbows and, and unicorn farts. She's going to see life as kind of doom gloom and a little, a little grayer than what I like to see, like to have life. And so I essentially, I took my emotional control and t- handed it to her and said, make me happy. Well, she's not going to know how to make me happy. She has hard enough time making herself happy. And so I had to change my, my prescription on how I was viewing life because I was letting the prescription of what I was doing to really darken my my view of the world, darken how things were happening, and really kind of got me into a, a grunt butt mood. So you can change how you view the world. If you view the world as doom and gloom, as if you view the world as in everybody is out to get you, if you view the world as all the women out there are just out to to strip men of their of their wallets and to to make their life hell. Well, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find a world where there are win- all the women out there are out for just one thing. They want to strip you of your money and make your life absolute hell. If you're viewing the world as if your son is going to is you've got the expectation that your son is going to disappoint you and he's just going to be nothing but but a teenage alcoholic. Well, guess what? You're going to go through life and you're going to raise your son as if he was a teenage alcoholic and he's, you're going to kind of essentially be pushing him to that law of attraction really kind of kicks in. And all of a sudden, if you're thinking that he's going to be a troublemaker 
and he's going to make you look bad. Well, he's going to go out there and he's going to be a troublemaker and he's going to make you look bad because you're laying out the expectations of what he wants, what he's going to be. You're viewing the world in that particular prescription of I'm going, I can do everything I possibly can. I am going to be the victim in this outfit. You're going to wind up being the victim in the outfit because that is how you're viewing the world. If you're viewing, if you're divorced from your wife, you can, what if you were to actually stop and view her actions, no matter what they are, no matter how much you think she's working to make you miserable. What if you change that thinking that she was just out to get you to, she's just a human trying to live her life on her, with her own sets of thoughts and, and, and emotions. What if you could look at her with unconditional love? And that's where the whole, uh, it may seem a little hippy dippy. It's like, Oh, look at my wife. Just uh, it went through a lens of love. Yeah. Actually, what if you did? Even though she has screwed you to the wall, she has taken you for your retirement. She's taken the house. She's taken the kids. All you got is a mattress and the clothes on your back. How would you show up if you still looked at her and acted like you first, when you first met her, when you, not with lust, but with love? I want you to think about that for a moment. Really sit down, not even pause this for this podcast for, for, 15 minutes or so, and really think about that. How would you show up to your son if he came to you going, dad, I, I, I got a D and how would you show up with love? Because when we show up and we start yelling and screaming about what's, uh, what that, uh, what that D really means, we're not coming, we're not showing up in a, with a mind of love. We're not showing up with our, with thoughts of love. We're showing up with thoughts of fear. And that fear probably is broken off into either anger or, or something similar to that. Because again, we're afraid of what everybody else is going to think. And in all reality, who cares what everybody else thinks? You're going to show up and you could be the most healthiest, the, the biggest, sweetest, juiciest peach in the whole wide world. And you're still going to find people who don't like peaches. So who cares whether the teacher thinks that you're a horrible parent? It doesn't matter. So what would, how would you show up to your son if he showed up and went down? Let me see your report card. And he hands you a report card and see uh, two D's, a C and a B. How would you show up? Say he took the family car out joyriding and, and scratched it. Let's just say scratched it. And Saturday night and he got home and you go outside and you see the scratch down the side. How would you show up in that particular moment? Now, a lot of us would show up. We'd be angry. We'd be, wouldn't show up because we were with a, with a, a, a lens, uh, going, looking at life through love. We would be going at it as if, Oh my God, he could have been killed. Oh my God. What if he was being a nuisance out in, out in the neighborhood? Oh my gosh. What if he killed somebody? Oh my gosh. What if we start coming again? A lot of times we come at stuff through fear. And remember, fear is the opposite of love. And so we show up being angry and, and yelling and, and threatening, you know, everything known to man. And we beat our chest and I'm the boss of the house. You know, we, we yell and scream and holler and everything else. Yet if we were to show up and your son messed up and you go up to him and you go, Hey, dude, 
want to tell me about the scratch on the on the car? And they, maybe he's still, especially if this is the first time you try this, he's gonna he's thinking he's set. You're setting him up for a trap where you're fixing to do a yell bomb for two days. He may still want to lie to you. Try to get out of that that extremely uncomfortable place to where you know all I know what my dad's gonna do. He's gonna kill me or like uh, <laughs> like in Fast Times, he's gonna shit. He's going to kill us. Well, which one is it? He's going to shit or he's going to kill us. He's going to shit. Then he's going to kill us. You know, he might, might be something where the kid thinks that you, that's exactly what you're going to do. But if you actually were to show up with love and you were to talk to him and he was to fess up and say, well, yeah, I just wanted to go ride around with, with, with Kayla and, and go see, just go around. We went to, uh, Went over to uh, to Burger King, and I, when I backed out, I scraped it along the uh, along one of the light poles. Yeah, you might be a little miffed. I mean, like, damn it, man! You could still lay down disciplinary actions, and you could do it through a place of love. It's like, dude, I really, I I know you wanted to go show off for uh, for the girlfriend, and I really would like f- for you to be able to do so. But man. What if, what if something had happened? What if we didn't know you were there? What would have happened? And you could actually have a dialogue with what about the circumstance, about what was going on. And you could actually come to them and show up in a, in a mindset or lens of unconditional love. You're going to love them unconditionally. They could be shits to you and you could still be able to look at them and approach them and have a mind of love. And I know, I, I get it, guys. You're, you're going, dude, this dude is saying love a hell of a lot. I agree. <laughs> but it's such a different line of thinking that, that yeah, we you can actually approach your ex-wife. And you could truly, she tells you she's getting married six months after the divorce. And you're going, you could actually go, oh, my God, she just went off, left me and left me and the kids high and dry. And now she's one, she's getting married to the dude she slept around on me with. And I'm supposed to show up with love. Yeah. Why not? What if you did? What if you did? That's a question, a really good question. Sit down and ask yourself, what if? What if you did show up and you loved her? unconditionally you loved her and wished her the best for this relationship maybe this is the one maybe this is where she will find true happiness i hear something he's like oh well i know that ain't about to happen but what if what if your son got himself into some type of trouble say he got a girl pregnant and he needs to come to you for advice do you want him to come to you for advice or would you rather him go talk to you know tweaker tim down the street and get advice from him. Again, if you show up with unconditional unconditional love, you're going to have a better chance of your son turning to you for that advice. I turn to I I, I struggle with it. It's not easy because to what to do is not an easy to change your lens of, of how you view life from doom and gloom to something where you're looking at life with love and showing up with love, that takes a lot of work because that hippocampus has got to be rewritten. And you're going to find yourself, like I said, you're going to find yourself taking those new, better prescriptions off and putting the old ones on for many, many times when you first start. You're going to have to go through that river of misery. 
So how do you start viewing life through the prescription lens, through the lens of love? Well, first off, stop with what you're doing. You hear something that's gone bad and you feel your blood pressure rising. You feel that you're, you're starting to grit your teeth and you're, you know, you feel that vein on the side of your head starting to pop. Stop. Step back. Take a deep breath. Reengage that prefrontal cortex, that front part, that thinking part of your brain and ask yourself some questions. How would you like to show up to this situation? How would you like others to show up if you were on the opposite end? Is the way you've been showing up really serving your purpose? You're sitting there thinking, well, I'd be able to show that I'm the boss of this place. No, if you have to show someone you're the boss, guess what? You ain't the boss. When you're being the boss, and honestly, you don't want to be the boss. You want to be the leader. If we want to really break it down down to the brass tacks, you don't want to be the boss. If you're stomping around saying you're the boss, guess what, dude? You are not the boss. You ain't even the leader. You are nothing other than just the low life. If you had to sit there and try to beat your chest, you are not operating in a world of love. You're operating in a world of, well, this person is going to take away from me. You're living in a life of scarcity, of the victimhood mindset, and none of that serves you. It does not help you in any way. You can serve and you can be a, a, a better leader by looking at life through the lens of a, of a loving leader. You are actually more masculine by doing that, sitting there bowing out your chest and beating it, you know, the quintessential, you know, caveman style. No, you're not really doing anything other than looking like a moron. But if you stop and you ask yourself, how would you like to show up? Ask yourself that and then pay very close attention to the words you tell yourself because your brain will kick in and tell you everything about how you would show up. And if you catch yourself saying things, if so-and-so would blank, 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 I would if blank, 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 blank. I would like to, but blank, you know, I can't because blank. If you're saying anything along those lines or similar to that, and it's, you would like to, but you can't because somebody else, you're passing the buck. You're placing some blame on somebody else. You are in the world of fear. You're in that, you're using the, the prescription of victim mindset. You're using the prescription of fear, of anger, of resentment, of all these other types of emotions and thoughts that do not serve you. Remember, if you point a finger, there are three more pointed back at you. So every time you point and say it's their fault, there are three more saying yet who the real culprit is. If you could take the responsibility for your actions, you can start living life and looking at life through love, through true unconditional love. And you can love the person who is just, you know, just resents every the, your very existence, holds you being in the in the same room with them. You can actually look at them and you can love them. And guess what? There's not a damn thing they can do about it. As a matter of fact, the more they try to rage against you because you're loving them, the more of an ass they look like, man. So claim your responsibility for the actions you made and then figure out how do you need to change that? What do you need to start thinking to have a life of where you're approaching everything through unconditional love? Look at those things. How are you passing your power off to anybody? If you are, you're not living in a life of love. You're living in a life of, of, of 
victim and victims aren't, do not get any respect. They're just, they're a half notch, uh, lower than what a, what a nice guy is. Cause a nice guy is often the victim. So stop blaming others and start looking at how you can, uh, how you can approach their world with your own line of, of thinking that brings you into a mindset of love. And you can do this. You can change your prescription. If you want to know how and you want help doing this, I've got a way to be able to help you do that. We can sit down and we can look at those thoughts. We can be our sessions are just like where we're, I'm sitting next to you on a couch and we're just taking your brain out and we're looking at it and going, well, there's a thought. How do you like this thought? Is this thought doing you any good? No. Okay. Well, let's throw it away. Oh, you want to keep it a little bit longer? Okay. Well, then let's set it over here. Do you like this one? And we will pick your, pick those thoughts apart and show you, and I will show you which thoughts are serving you and which ones are actually, I'm not even going to do it. I'm just going to be asking you questions and you're going to come up with all the answers, which will really blow your mind that you actually knew the answers ahead of time. If you want help doing this, we can sit down. We can have a, we'll spend about an hour, hour and a half with a uh, consult call. And if you call up and you're going, dude, I just want to be coached. Guess what? All right, fine. I'll coach you for an hour and a half and I'll coach my, and I'll coach your pants off. I will not make it easy on you. I will throw everything I've got at you to help you understand and change the way you think things. But if you want to do that, I've got a link for having a consultation on the, uh, on the, the show notes here on the page. You probably you should be able to read those if you're using, uh, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, uh, even on, uh, overcast. A lot of the sites have them. If they don't, you can just go to the, go to relaxbell.com and go to the, the show notes there. This is episode 133 and I can help you out that way. Now, if I, anything I said on here helped you out, helped you to change how you see that you're, uh, you're looking at stuff a little, uh, a little cockeyed and you want to change it, realign, get everything lined back up, then share this out, share this podcast episode out because we are growing. We're doing a great job. We're, we, we're improving. May was a little low. June, the beginning of June was uh, just a hair bit low, but that's okay because that was, everybody was going to graduations and stuff like that. We, that the end of May, really busy time. It, it always seems to dip right around that area. And we start to kind of pick back up. And then out at the end of August, things fall off again because everyone's getting ready for, uh, for call, uh, school again. And then we pick back up. But if you keep sharing it out, those dips will still happen, but it will be, st- we will still be generally up and to the right. And we are growing. We're getting the word out. More and more people are, are listening and we're getting more, we're reaching more and more guys who seriously need this help. If you know a guy who needs this help, needs this information, needs this, uh, to hear this episode, then on their, your, the podcast, platform of your choice hit that share button share it as a text message share it on facebook take a screenshot share it on instagram share it on twitter if you're on truth social share it on truth social share it everywhere let people know that there's this podcast out there called the relaxed male and we are changing the lives of men making them great men making them the men that their wives dreamt they would still be because you can have the life you want and you can have a life that is successful and fulfilled.
but it's going to take some thought changes. It's going to take a lot of thought work, and that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to change your thought, let you realize that the world is great and the world is wonderful. And yeah, you're going to have you're going to have some ups and you're going to have some downs, and those downs are just as good as the ups. So, guys, with that, I want to thank you very much for listening. You take care. You have a great rest of the week. Get something done. Get something accomplished. And we will see you uh, next Thursday. So, till then. 